You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. something on my heart a couple weeks ago and um, I don't know if anyone remembered but uh, it's a few Sunday nights ago and there was such a powerful presence of God that I I just felt like not to share that message and and um, so when I was asked I, I thought you know maybe maybe we'll revisit the, the thoughts that God laid on my heart and so I just want to share with you tonight for a few moments uh, just on this just on this thought and it's uh, pass it on. And so this will be pass it on, take two. And uh, so uh, just reading from uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 19, verse 19, it says, So he departed from there, and this is a re- reference to Elijah, and he found Elisha the son of Shabbat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And then in 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, verses 11 to 13, it says, Then it happened as they continued on and talked. So this is uh, in reference to Elijah and Elisha. That suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his and his horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, and he tore them into pieces. And that would just be signifying, um, you know, a proper way of just mourning, like just uh, recognizing that there's uh, that loss of, of uh, friendship. And um, it's interesting how it was written out that he proclaimed him as his father. And uh, and so, so here we have that Elijah was led by God to find the next prophet and to prepare this prophet for their calling or ministry. And I know oftentimes uh, this passage of Scripture is used many times, probably graduation ceremonies or perhaps uh, Father's Day or uh, just a dedication service in some type that it's recognizing the transfer of perhaps leadership, and, um, but the way that God laid it on my heart was just, it was just, like, maybe just a little bit uh, different, maybe twist, I guess you could say, and so, so here we have the Lord directed Elijah to Elisha, and I was thinking about, like, like, all these oxen that he has, like, like, you know, oxen are pretty big beasts, and he has, like, um, you know, he, he has like 12 yoke of oxen before him. Like that's, like, I don't know what kind of field he was plowing or what he was plowing, but I mean, that would have been quite a bit of like, like tractor power back then. And, and so here was Elisha just doing what he would do just that time of year where it's getting ready for the planting season. It's time just to plow the fields. And so Elisha came, uh, Elijah came up to him and, um, kind of in a 
declared that he was going to be the next spiritual leader. And so Elisha, he, he responded with, he left everything behind to follow Elijah. So everywhere that Elijah went, Elisha went with him. And uh, I forgot to bring uh, some form of mantle, so I just went downstairs and stole the prop. And so I was going to ask uh, Brother Robertson, he's going to be my Elisha, if he would just come up. So here we had Elijah, like, you know, and you think about all that God had performed through Elijah, like the um, demonstration of the fire that fell from heaven, uh, just slaying of all the, the false prophets, outrunning a chariot and horses, and proclaiming when there was going to be a famine, when the rain was going to come, he experienced all these things, and then he experienced some, like a low moment in his life. And now the time came that God was unctioning him to, to, it's time to pass on what you have. And so God led him to, to Elisha. And so Elisha was just doing what he was normally doing and just like, you know what, man? We're going to spend some time together. I want to instill in you what God has given me. And so they, they just, so they spent time together. So they would have been walking around, and uh, we'll be conscious of the camera too, I guess. So, you know, they, they would go to coffee shops and just spend time together, have coffees, lattes, and just, you know what, I'm just going to, like, this is what God has given me, and I'm going to share this with you because you are going to do twice as what. I did. Like, God's going to just pour into you what he poured into me. And I want to share that with you. And so, so as they were spending this time together, this, this mentorship-type relationship, that El- Elisha looked at it, that he is, he's almost as close to me as almost like what my father would have been. Like, the one who would have been training me as a child. Like, because you got to remember, like, I'll share with you some scriptures about uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, that there is where the, the fathers would spend time with their children, teaching and training. And so that's what Elijah was doing. He was training, and he was teaching, and he was just instilling everything that God had poured into him, into Elisha. And then one day, all of a sudden, it's time for Elisha, Elijah, Elijah to check out. And he's just like, I'm out of here. There's my taxi coming. It's just in a blaze of glory. And all of a sudden, there's this chariot that shows up on fire. And, of course, I can imagine, like, Elisha would have been like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Like, wow, this is crazy. And all of a sudden, Elijah's gone. And so God had um, orchestrated that Elisha was to become the next leader the next prophet of Israel. And so we can thank Brother Robertson for... And so, like you may say, well, what was so significant about that is, like, not only was it just he was placing his, his, his outer garment, his cloak upon him, but there's something that spiritually transpired. And so the passing of the mantle symbolized the passing of the prophetic authority from one prophet 
to another. So another way of saying this is that passing the mantle is transferring the authority to the next person in line. Or, or in modern day, we would say he's just passing the torch onto the next person. And, and so uh, this great gospel message that we have received was intended for us to pass it on to the next generation. And so if the person that either you came with or sitting with, like this would be a good time just to poke them, say, you know what, you need to pass this on. And uh, like we all are, like our spiritual obligation is to share to others what Christ has done in our lives. And to just the same way as Elijah had transferred his mantle and his authority over to Elisha, that as we reach out to others, that we are mentoring others and we are instilling in them what God has given us. Because what God has given us wasn't something that we're supposed to just keep to ourselves. The, the whole Bible is hinged on evangelism. And, uh, and so, like, we can even look and see, like, Moses had, it was, it was time for him to pass on his level of a leadership to Joshua. And Joshua led Israel into taking the promised land. But Joshua, he failed in the sense that he never passed on that torch to the next spiritual leader. And what happened over the years to come was Israel slowly began to turn away from what God had instilled in their lives. They began to turn away from the one true God and they began to, they began to follow other teachings. And they, they began to turn to pagan gods. They began to start worshiping the God of Baal. And, and so because there was no other spiritual leader in place to continue on, there was no one else to receive that torch and to continue on and to um, lead others. And, um, you know, the Bible says that without... Without the, the shepherd, the sheep perish. And it, it's so true that if we don't have a spiritual leader in our lives, it's just a matter of time that we're setting ourselves up to fail. And so it's so important that every one of us are, um, that we have that spiritual leadership over top of us to lead and to guide us. Like you take to Psalms 23, the whole thing is hinged on this relationship of the shepherd and the sheep. See, David, like, when he wrote Psalms 23, he understood that relationship because he was a shepherd and he was relating to, you know, the, the responsibilities of the shepherd is to lead the sheep. And that's what Jesus Christ is. He is the great shepherd. And the church, the body of believers, are his sheep. And without that spiritual authority in our lives, we will lead astray. And so I shared with you that that um, even, like, um, Israel's, uh, it was instilled in them to place such an emphasis on passing on what they have been taught, such as the law. Like, so in Deuteronomy 6, uh, cha chapter 6, verses 4 to 9, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God 
The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. So this is the responsibility that was given to, to parents, to, to families, that you are to teach them. You are, and it's not just like, you know, haphazardly, but it's something that diligently, like this is so important that you need to, to share. You need to pass on uh, not just the, the laws, but just pass on what God has for his people. And you shall talk, uh, talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So that shows like how important is this that it's like it's to be part of your daily conversation. Like it's not just something you share about like once a week, but it's something that like every day from the rising of the sun till to the setting of the sun, this is something that it's so important that we, we can't just half-heartedly instill this information into our children because they are going to be the future leaders. And so uh, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes, which is a, it's an ornamental piece of cloth or a decorative band worn on the forehead. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So when we look at the word here, it's translated from the word shaman. It's taken from its true content. It would read something like, it's, instead of here, it's a command to listen, to pay attention, and to obey. So this passage not only declares Israel as God to be uniquely one, but also Israel is to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and strength. So just merely believing wasn't enough, but it required it required one to respond to this commandment. For God deserves real commitment, and such commitment requires uh, not only believing, but it requires a response. And that's what God is extending to us, to that, that we say, God, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my might, with all my strength. And there needs to be a response to that commitment. And it's not enough for us just to, to believe in God. It's not enough for us to just say, yeah, I, I believe the Bible. But it requires us to respond. If we say we are committed, then there must be a direct course of action to be taken on our part for such real true commitment. The Israelites went where to repeat this truth to their children from the rising in the morning and going to bed at night while sitting in the house. And while they were going about their business of life, they were required to write them down and display a visible reminder of their commitment. In other words, parents were required to pass on to their children the next generation of their commitment to God. It wasn't, well, son, we do this because the pastor told us to do. Well, we do this because, uh, you know, the church said we had to do this. We do this because... The UPCI told me to do this. But no, we do this because we want, to, we want to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our might, with all our soul. And that if we want to be truly committed, then it requires of us to respond to that commitment. You know, the children of Israel, they may have, may have given Moses a hard time at times. But they did. They passed on that information to their children, to the next generation, to the next generation. So think of it this way, that you are not just 
just teaching your children, but you're training and you're mentoring your children. And so the next generation to the next generation. And it's something that it was a continual that happened all through the Old Testament. Like, so this passing of the information, it preserved the law. The, it preserved the word of God. So from the very beginning, God, he had established evangelism. The very heartbeat of God is evangelism, reaching others. So imagine uh, walking by your neighbor every day and on your way to work, seeing scriptures graved on their gates, on their properties, on their doorposts. You know, maybe uh, going to the city market, you'd pass by a, a chariot or some some uh, mules that would be carrying their goods to market, and on the back of it, it'd have like a bumper sticker that, you know, would have uh, scriptures engraved in it. So we must pass on this great truth to others. And evangelism, it must be the heartbeat of the church. Because it's true that they've said that you know, each and every church is just one generation of extinction. If we're not willing to share what God has instilled in us to someone else, then there will be no next generation. You know, I kind of um, imagine that maybe they're, sometimes they'd be walking, Israel, like, walking to the market, and they're like, hey, what's up, what's up? And they began to talk about uh, their relationship with the Lord. They began to just share with them. You know, you need to hear about God. You need to know that God, there's only one God. There's no, there's no like, all these idols and images that you see around us. Like, no, there's only one God. Um, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know what? Everyone has a testimony. Say with me, I have a testimony. I have a testimony. Well, there's a few that I have a testimony. Let's try that again. I have a testimony. I have a testimony. Has God done something in your life? Has anyone experienced salvation? Has anyone experienced healing? Has anyone ever experienced God's divine intervention in your life? You have a testimony. And your testimony is powerful. Because what happens is you become a witness of the demonstration of the supernatural that took place in your life. So when you're sharing with someone, what you've experienced in your life, they can't say, oh, well, yeah, you, that's not true, whatever, because it's something that happened in your life, and there's no disputing it. It's something that you experience. So your testimony is powerful. And God, when we receive the Holy Ghost, it enables us and empowers us to be such witnesses. You can share with others, like, look, this is what God's done for me, and he will do the same for you. So not only was the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit promised, but Jesus revealed the intent of this gift. The gift of the Holy Ghost isn't just your ticket to heaven or 
a free pass to eternal life. Like you can't just pull it out and say, woo, I got a free pass to eternal life. I get to enter, woo. But God, he planned it. And it was all part of his master plan, the pouring out of his spirit. And it was for evangelism, to be a witness, to share to others. The gift of the Holy Ghost was given to empower believers to become more effective witnesses of Jesus Christ. Jesus emphasized the scope of the commission with this. At first, it took place in Jerusalem. Then the surrounding regions. And then last, to be extended to the ends of the earth, meaning globally. So it first began right in Jerusalem, and then it spread. Well, how did it spread? Well, it probably wasn't like the, the newspaper or the internet, but it was spread from people sharing. I have to tell you something. I have to, I have to tell you what I experienced in the upper room. I have to, I have to tell you what, what God did in my life. And it's that passing of information. Like we, it's imperative that we must, we must share with others. It, that's part of what the Great Commission is. is it's um, go and reach out to others in your community. So if we just kind of substituted some words that, that, um, that first it's, it's, and you shall be witnesses to me in, in, um, at Mission Point Church, and then to the east side, and then to the west side, to the north, and then to the south of St. John, and then to the uh, outer extensions of our city, to our province, to our nation, and globally. A few weeks ago, I had shared that God has strategically placed satellite churches in almost every corner of St. John and surrounding communities of St. John. Like, it wasn't something that, you know, it just, uh, that just, you know, people just said, you know what, I think I'm going to start a church right here, and I'm going to start a church right there, that God orchestrated all of it, that there would be churches, there would be lighthouses, places for people to come and worship in every corner of our city and surrounding community, from Grand Bay, Westfield, to Quispamsis, New Wijewak, Hampton area. And it's not enough to just keep contained in the church, but we must bring the gospel message to our entire city and neighboring communities. So how can we do that? It's simply if each one of us would just be a mentor to someone. Like just as Elijah had spent time with Elisha, like, it didn't just happen overnight and where he put the mantle on and said, okay, here you go, I'm, I'm checking out, and my, my flaming chariot is about to come and get me. But he spent time with Elisha, mentoring him, teaching him, training. And is it always easy? No, it's not. But, but just being a friend and mentoring someone, that's what evangelism is. Pass on what you have experienced to someone else. And it even goes all the way down to just even children. You know, children can reach children. Young people can reach young people. Um, like even our, our youth could reach their peers at school, at the mall. 
like just people that we are connected with. We are to pass on to others. Be a witness. Allow the Holy Ghost to enable you to do so. And I know sometimes it can be intimidating. I know sometimes you can be like, ah, kind of nervous. I know there's been times where even I've been intimidated just to share. But, you know, God has opened doors that, that we can sometimes, we can all of a sudden, God will unction us to do something and it, and. And it just, it just happens. And next thing you know it, like, there's a prayer meeting that breaks out right out on the street corner somewhere. It's like uptown or King Street, King Square. That people are walking by and they're all they're just watching and they're just like, wow, I, I like what I feel. And, uh, you know, uh, last summer our youth group had a uh, service at King Square. And I still have people who... I kind of bump into now and then, and you're like, I remember your group. Like, I'll never forget what I felt at the park that night. That's being a witness, a witness of his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, I shared that it's our spiritual obligation to reach out to others. And it, it's... Um, you know, it's very valuable wisdom that we pass on to others. Sometimes, um, sometimes it requires us to kind of go out of our way to reach people. And sometimes it's an inconvenience. But in uh, John chapter 4, Jesus kind of showed us an illustration where Jesus went out of his way. Like he went... Uh, he took a pathway that normally the Jews would never travel. Like soon as, uh, I can just imagine the conversation he had with his disciples and said, yeah, we're, we're going to back to the Sea of Galilee, but uh, guys, we kind of have to go through Samaria. And I'm sure they're like, Samaria, what? Oh, no, we always go around Samaria. Like we, we don't really travel through there. And Jesus is like, I, we have to go through there. I have a divine appointment today to meet somebody. And of course, we know that Jesus met this lady at the well who, um, you know, like we, we would consider her to be um, from a questionable background, we'll say. Like, but yet Jesus reached out to her. He went out of his way to reach her. And because of that, ended up he reached a whole community. And, it, and when you read in, John chapter 4, you'll find that Jesus never performed any miracles. There was no healings that took place while he was in Samaria because the people, they believed by his word only. Wouldn't that be great if, you know, a pastor came Sunday and he just preached and people responded just by the word? Like they didn't need to see a demonstration of the supernatural. Like, well, I'll only believe if I just see a healing take place. I'll only believe if this happens. Or, you know, they believe just by the word only. And uh, and so Jesus shows us that sometimes we kind of have to go out of our way to reach someone. You know, as we read in uh, John chapter 4, verse 40, 41, it says, And many more believed because of his words. So it's time, church, that we pass on our apostolic experience to someone else just as Elijah 
had passed on his mantle to Elisha. We need to mentor and train others. God has promised a great outpouring in Canada. And there's a few of us that can, that can witness to the services that were held at Canada Conference a few months ago. That just every service and every training session, God would directly speak to uh, people who were at the conference. And it was, God has, is going to pour out his spirit in Canada. Like, like never before. So what our city really needs is just an apostolic invasion. Our city needs this church and all of our satellite churches to unite together and take that apostolic authority that God has given us and invade our city with the gospel. But it won't happen unless everyone uh, is on board, that we're all united in this to reach others, to reach out. The gospel wasn't just for a chosen few, but it was for all humanity. Jesus said that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And it's because God so much that he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We can have eternal life. And everlasting life. Like this is what God, he wants for his creation. It's not just for a chosen few, but it's for all humanity. That like God is extending eternal life. An everlasting life. Jesus said that I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. You don't have to go very far to, to see people who are hurting and are broken by life. And who are just, it's just survival. And that's not living. And we have, we have the answer to everyone's problems. And it's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it's up to us to pass on what God has instilled and empowered in us. Just think about every person you come into contact every day. Like, right from first thing in the morning as you go through the drive-thru at Tim Hortons to, you know, the rest of your day. Every person you come into contact, think about it just for a moment. Like every person you come into contact, there's that opportunity to connect. There's that opportunity to reach out. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. Just thinking about what it's like to mentor someone. You know, it's, it's a beautiful experience. Um, just sh sharing what God has instilled in us. And someone who, if they're not connected with you, they'll never ever be committed. So it's about connecting with someone. So just think about just one person for the next six months. I'm just going to connect with just one person for the next six months. And I can tell you, like, 
in January, you'll, you'll see some changes that will happen. Hallelujah. There's this, um, a young lady that we've been kind of reaching out to probably since February. Uh, she's just been living on the streets for three years now. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I was driving home from church on a Sunday night, and I was so tired. I just, I just wanted to go home. I'm just like, ah, oh, I just want to go home and crash. And as I was just getting ready to turn on the Bayside Drive to head to Redhead, I felt God say, I need you to go uptown. There's someone who needs help. And it was this young girl. And I was just like, oh, I'm so tired. But I was like, you know what? Oh, we'll just go. So we, we drove uptown and, and we parked the van. And I told the boys, just stay in the van. Keep it locked. Like, don't open the doors. Don't, like, if someone's banging on the window, don't let them in the van. And, and so I went to where God kind of showed me where this person would be. And they weren't there. And then, um, and then I looked across the street. And there they were sleeping on the steps of the Salvation Army. And um, I kind of went over to them, just talked with them for a few minutes, went and got them a coffee and something to eat, and, and um, prayed with them, and then I went home. And I, I kind of told, before I left, I said, you know, Lisa and I will come back tomorrow. We want to spend some time with you. And went back the next day, and, and you know, like, she's, she shared this, and it just nearly broke my heart that she said, you know, like last night when you stopped by, you, you, you saved my life. And I said, well, I, I didn't do anything. I just bought you some coffee and something to eat. And she shared with me that she just felt so discouraged and so broken by life that she just had contemplated ending her life. She was, had loaded a needle with enough drugs to knock her out and not wake up. And she said, but you came along. And after you left, I emptied the needle on the ground. And she said, so you saved my life. And I said, well, you know, the crazy thing is God orchestrated that for me to come because I was headed home. <laughs> I said, because, you know, God loves and cares about you. And so, yes, yeah, so sometimes we do have to go out of our way to reach a soul. But it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Every soul is valuable to God. So I share that with you. Um, just that maybe you start thinking about maybe people that you meet every day. And that there's something that has transpires inside us says, you know, I, I need to reach out to that person more. I, I really need to be their friend. I really need to mentor them. I really need to spend time with them. Just as, just as Elijah had spent time with Elisha, I need to transfer what God has given me to someone else. Because you never know, they may end up becoming a pastor, a missionary, lead revival to some other nation. Like we don't know the potential any one of us have. God knows. And so, church, we need to pass on this great message. 
Bible talks about that we're not to hide it, but to share it. And evangelism is the very heartbeat of God. It really is. It really is. And so if we could just uh, have Sister Nina, if she would like to come back up. and uh, just, I'm just going to take a few moments. And I just want every one of you to open your heart up and say, God, lead me to someone. God, just place it in my heart right now who you want me to reach out to. And I'm going to spend some time with them. And I'm going to mentor them. I'm going to invest my time and my energy into them. Because every person matters. Church, we really, you want to see a difference in your city? Then it's up to you to get out there and connect with your community. Because this city is crying for revival. You know, um, I was in a traditional church and on the day of Pentecost, they had placed at the front of their altar a poster that their Sunday school had, had, had drawn. And it said, Come Holy Spirit. And over the words of holy was flames. They were celebrating Pentecost Sunday. And I've often had conversations with, with the minister. And that they're so hungry for a move of God. They're so hungry to experience what we have. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.